Hello and welcome to episode 248 of the VegGrow podcast. My name's Richard and I like to grow food in my allotment and garden. Now in my garden I have a collection of Dalek compost bins but recently I've been getting really fed up with the look of them. Now as I've been looking into options of what to do about this something that has came up is hot bin composting. So I contacted the manufacturers and we're going to have a chat a little later on in the potting shed. Firstly let's find out what I've been up to over this last week in my allotment and garden. Well, today is Saturday, the 7th of December, 2019. I'm just in my little potting shed at the moment. I'm actually just potting on some yakon tubers that have been sent from a listener called Ionet. If I've pronounced your name wrong, I apologise. But he sent me these yakon tubers and I'm just putting them into a little pot of compost on the hope that we can get them through the winter. Very kind, really grateful. I have tried to grow yakon in the past, but we'll see how we get on this time. Now I've had a day at home doing things in the garden at home today and it's been a really pretty, uh, it's been a real sort of productive day I feel. Anyway, I was mainly having a bit of a tidy up in the garden, you know, picking up all those plastic pots and things like that that have been blown around and blown off course, a bit of weeding, that sort of thing. Now one of the tasks that I did manage to do was uh, I have a collection of plants in pots and they are in various locations. Some are on top of a chicken run, some are on top of a quail run and some are at other places in the garden. But I've moved those all around. Most of them are now on top of a chicken run whereas the, a lot of the others are now in the patio area. I'm only doing this to make a bit more room and with the ground being so waterlogged at the moment because they are in pots and if they're on the ground it's just going to let the water drain out a bit better. Now that's not anything very very difficult or even challenging but it's just tidying things up. Now I did have a rose plant in a pot and when I moved that I noticed one branch had snapped off. Now before I get too far into this, this is the VegGrower podcast and I'm talking about roses, but rose flowers are edible. So that's why I grow them and that's why I can bring it up. But this branch had snapped off, I decided I might as well try and grow another rose bush from this branch in a form of a cutting. And I've heard of this way that you can use a potato to grow a rose cutting from. Now I thought I'd give this a try. I don't know if it's hocus pocus, but I thought I'd try it. And all I've done is stuck the end of this rose, the broken bit off, into a potato. And then I've popped that into some soil. I think the idea here is the potato will stay moist and promote the roots to grow. Now I also cleared out the meadow area. Now you may recall last year I said my wife wants a meadow. So I built this area and I sowed seeds, but it didn't come to much. And I think it's this clay soil again. The seeds just don't seem to grow in this clay soil. So I've decided it's now time to clear that away and start again. And I'm going to move the meadow area somewhere else. But I've just cleared that out. I'm going to let the chickens run over it and clear it out even further before I put a load of compost down. And then I'm going to plant some raspberries in here in the not too distant future. And these are a little couple of beds just in front of my vegetable patch. I'm going to start expanding my vegetable patch over the next few months. Wife doesn't quite know this yet, but I just think it's going to be a bit more beneficial to me. 
Then after that, you may recall last week I said that I set about setting up my water butts. My new water butt didn't have a water tap. So, well, I managed to buy a tap and I've added that on. And I've set it up so when it rains, all the rain will fill the first water butt up, then overflow into the second, fill that one up and then overflow into the third. Fairly easy, but it's just getting that little head start now. And in fact, we've had rain quite a bit lately, so I don't think it's going to take long before that fills up. Now, after that, I took all my seeds into the kitchen and sat on the table and I sorted out all my seeds yet again. Seems to be a, a constant thing that I have to keep doing is sorting out these seeds. But what I do is I'm just trying to go through them and get rid of all the seeds that are now out of date. I've got a huge fridge full of seeds and I'm getting a bit fed up of them in some ways. So I, I just threw out the ones that are out of date and then I've organised them that the seeds that need using first are towards the front. The older ones can wait until I get round to them. I've got to try and get my head into gear and think of doing like a seed sowing plan for out the next year to make sure I have got the seeds that I want to sow. And that each beginning of each month I can just go to this seed sowing plan and say, right, this month, let's say January, I'll be sowing, uh, I don't know, chilies, aubergines, tomatoes, uh, and keep that going throughout the year just want to get that into some sort of um, reference point and, and plan it out and then I, after that I then came into this potting shed and as I said I've just potted on this yakon and that's uh, yeah five of those into little pots these are only sort of two inch pots of seed sowing compost which I've now brought and um pop those in, fill them up with compost and we'll see how they get on. I've also potted on the pineapple top that I've started growing a couple of weeks ago. It's grown a couple of roots and I, I kind of want to see if it'll grow even bigger but I was worried that now the roots are growing they might get a bit too much water, they might rot so I figured we'll pop them in the compost. They seem to be okay, it seems to be quite happy still but Let's see if we can get a pineapple growing anyway. I've seen people have done it, so I know it's definitely possible. Now I've done that, I'm just going to set up a few pots of seed compost so I can sow some seeds tomorrow on the live show. I'm hoping to sow some parsley and some coriander. Uh, but I've also found some coffee arabica seeds that need sowing by the end of this year as well. So I might get around to doing those tomorrow two well that's it for today um i'm hoping to go down the allotment tomorrow all being well i don't see any problems with that it's nice to actually feel like i'm doing something although i do feel a bit stuck in the whole thing that at the moment there's not much to do anyway that's enough jibber jabber well it's sunday december the 8th 2019 today i'm on the allotment and I've just ran into Grandad's greenhouse because it's just started raining. I've had a few hours down the allotment today and it's been really nice. A bit windy, but nice. But all of a sudden, in the last sort of few minutes, it just suddenly went really dark over. And I guess that meant rain was coming in. And it, it is just a little shower at the moment, but we'll keep an eye on it anyway. Now, what have I been up to today? Well, I came down the allotment this morning and one of the first things I wanted to do was run around with the lawnmower. So I pulled the lawnmower out the shed 
and tried to get it to run and unfortunately it wouldn't run. Now you may recall a few months back I said that the throttle cable had snapped and I meant to replace that throttle cable, I just never got round to it. Usually I can sort of jam the throttle open in order to use it. Unfortunately that didn't even work today so I couldn't really do that. It's not a, it's not a massive problem in my eyes. I think it's probably a case it needs some fresh petrol and a good run and it'll be fine. I've ordered the throttle cable today just to make sure I'd done it and while I had the lawnmower there I've ordered it so we, within a week that should turn up and I'll be able to fit it. So as I couldn't use the lawnmower I packed that back away and I decided it was to time to tackle one of the other jobs that I meant to tackle today and that was to take apart all the wood that I have removed recently from the beds. Now when I removed these woods I kind of popped them in one corner not very tidily if I'm honest uh, and with the plan that I'll get back to it soon and today was a day that I just unscrewed a lot of the screws salvaged the wood that was still usable but the wood that wasn't usable I've taken home and will be burning but the rest of the wood that is usable I'm going to use to make some more compost bins or some new compost bins down here on the allotment. Now I said last week that my pallets that I've built my current compost bins out of are starting to rot and they're beyond their best and I don't like waste at the best of times as you probably well know so while this wood that I've taken from the beds is not in the best condition it'll probably do a year or two in these compost bins. While at the same time I'm getting some sort of idea on how to build a, what I hope to be better looking compost bins. So I unscrewed all these bits of wood and then I've stacked them up neatly working out how much wood I've got and how I'm going to build these compost bins. And I've got more beds to take out and when I take those beds out I'll of course collect more of the wood which will give me enough wood to build at least one compost bin potentially two, uh, more than likely there'll be two of these compost bins. But I, when I build these compost bins I will talk to you while I'm building them and how I'm building them later on. At the moment it's all an idea I have in my head that I'm planning to set out and got the idea worked, just want to put it into use. So after that I then turned my attention to my asparagus bed. Now my asparagus bed as you can imagine, now the asparagus has died back, it's not really doing anything. But I have left the asparagus ferns to sort of just sit there. Even though they've gone brown and dead, I just, I tend to like to leave them there. I think it's better for nature not to be so clean and tidy during the winter. But the weeds around this had really gotten bad and I just wanted to remove a lot of those. So and that's tidied that up no end. Now all I've got to do with this in a not too distant future is cover this in more manure and compost and that will be ready for this next growing season. While I was rooting around these weeds and pulling them out I did discover a couple of globe artichoke plants. Now these have obviously self-seeded themselves from my globe artichoke plant I have in the corner and here comes the rain. But that has obviously provided me with at least two more plants that I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with. So next week I'll pop those into pots and we'll keep them to one side and then I'll decide what I'm going to do with those in the future. I may use them elsewhere, I may take them home, I'm not sure yet. 
or may give them to friends or or something. I'm not sure. It just gives me plenty of scope and decisions on what to do for the future. Well, that's it for today. As I say, it's been a few hours on the allotment doing a lot of tidying, but I don't mind that because it's working towards this goal of building my allotment. Going to go home now, get out of this rain, have a nice cup of coffee and get ready to sow a load of seeds on tonight's show. Well, it's Monday the 9th of December 2019 today. I've run into the potting shed after work today just to check on a few things, but I thought I'd better say what seeds I sowed last night on the live show. If you don't know, every Sunday evening at about 6 o'clock, I've started running a Facebook live show just uh, in the pot and shed, having a chat with the audience, finding out what everyone's been up to and discussing a few things. And uh, last night, I thought I'd sow a few seeds. Oh, well, I sowed some parsley, moss curled and some coriander, both of which I find I get better results by sowing at this time of year. I find if they're sown in the summer, they don't do as well. But sowing them at this time of year, they do brilliantly and they'll last all year. Also, these seeds were going out of date, so I just needed to get them used up. I basically just finished the packet off, so I've probably sown too many and a bit too thickly. I don't mind that because if we get some plants out of them, all well and good. Now, I also did end up sowing the coffee seeds. I don't know how they're going to turn out. I've just sown those again in some seed sowing compost. I've put those in the heated propagator this time and plenty of water so we'll see if they actually germinate of course and how they get on now i think while i'm in here i'm just going to give a bit of an update with the chili seedlings i'm on a mission this year to get chili seedlings throughout the winter these seedlings were sown on the 12th of august and they're about six inches tall some of them are just starting to lose a few leaves but they do seem to be coping quite well with the cold weather in here. This potting shed does stay a bit warmer than most places, but it's still, I mean, I'm in here and it's quite chilly at the moment. Whether it's good enough to keep them for the winter is what I want to find out. To compare them, I also have some fully grown chilli plants that I placed in here in order to find out how they will grow and all those seem to be doing quite well. I've also got some herb cuttings down the back as well and uh, we'll see how they get on too. But for the most part these chilli seedlings seem to be doing quite well as do the chilli plants so it's possible we can get these overwintered throughout the winter. That should give us some early chilies next year. Right I'm going to head on inside and start putting together the podcast that you're listening to. This week's tip of the week from the RHS Plant Grow Harvest Calendar reads, if there are any heavy snowfalls, brush down tree limbs and shrub tops to prevent damage or breakages. Now this tip comes from the fact that snow can be quite heavy and if it collects on the branches of trees and shrubs, it could cause the branch to snap under the weight of it. However, where I am, the fact I get very little snow, I don't think it's going to be a problem for me. But now I've said that, I can guarantee you we're going to get snow. Anyway, in the intro section, I mentioned I'm getting a little fed up of the look of my collection of plastic Dalek compost bins that I have in my garden. Now, I think the problem is that I have four of these bins all lined up against a fence and all four of them get used and they produce this much needed compost, which I do use a lot. 
but I can't help but dislike the look of them. This got me wondering what I can do about it, and an option I'm considering is the hot bin composter. Now I've heard a lot of good feedback about these, particularly with how fast they produce compost, and this is what has made me think if I was to buy one, I could potentially reduce the amount of bins I need because of how quick these work. I thought I'd have a chat with the manufacturers to find out more. Well, I'm joined in the pod and shed today by Andy and Sue from Hot Bin Composting. Andy and Sue, welcome to the shed. You're here to talk about your hot bin composters that you produce, and it's something I've seen quite a bit about and heard a lot of good things about. But let's find out a bit about the background of you guys and the hot bin. Thanks, Richard. Nice to talk to you. So, yeah, the um, the hot bin came about through um, from a guy called Tony Callahan, who was the inventor of the product, and he had come up with the idea because uh, previously with composting his um, wife had had problems with uh, rats jumping out of her out of their cold composting system that they used previously um, and she had given him the ultimatum to either stop composting completely or try and develop or design a system that is rodent and rat free where you wouldn't get any little visitors paying your compost bin any attention um, and then us as the manufacturer, he, he came to us and then we, we helped him to develop his ideas, consulted on the, the design and helped him to take things forward into a, a production working sort of prototype. What is the hot bin composter? Uh, I suppose in essence it is a very highly insulated um, compost bin. Um, the original one is a, was a 200 litre bin but it's very highly insulated and that's helping you to lock in all the temperature uh, and the heat that's generated by the bacterial process. So you're not plugging it in, there's no external heat source or anything like that. The heat purely comes from the bacterial process as they're breaking down your, your kitchen and your garden waste, and that's helping it to maintain the temperature. So as long as you're adding waste to it on a regular basis, be it kitchen waste or garden waste, you can easily maintain um, a temperature between 40 and 60 Celsius, and that's through 12 months of the year as well. So you're not just composting when the weather dictates in the summer and spring you're composting all year round with a highly insulated hot hot bin now the insulation material it's made of is like a polystyrene from what i've seen now i see polystyrene is being used more and more often in various various forms and it's getting quite strong in comparison to how it used to be how strong does it last in the hot bin well um I have to sort of slightly correct you there because it's actually an expanded polypropylene material. So um, in its essence, it is actually much more durable than a, than a polystyrene material. Yeah. Um, EPP, as it's known, is used a lot in the automotive industry for impact protection, cushioning, componentry. Um, is, so it's a very durable, proven, long-life material. But then it's also got the benefit of being sort of fully end-of-life recyclable as well. And even in the manufacturing process, we hand dose in small amounts of recycled material too. Oh, so it's highly recyclable, highly strong, and will last a long, long time. Yep. So we we would expect to get sort of fifteen, ten to fifteen years out of a, out of a hot bin quite easily. Fantastic. Now, in comparison to the standard sort of Dalek composters, what are the main advantages over this hot bin? Okay, so the speed at which you're composting, um, instead of taking 12 months or beyond, is taking you 30 days for a mulching grade of compost from when you get up to temperature or, or 90 days for a general purpose compost. This 
bin as well is really, really well sealed, and it has to be well sealed to lock in all of the heat. Um, and because it's well sealed, it's also locking in any odours and smells that you might attract or you might associate with attracting pests or vermin or, or foxes or anything like that. Um, so the fact that it's well sealed, it even has a little biofilter or, or charcoal filter in the lid, which filters out odours even further. And that means you can have it like close to the close to the house, or and you're not going to get any odours off it that way. Oh right, and it's not going to upset any neighbours as well with the, uh, the the awful smells that comes off these things. Exactly. Another another advantage is you've now got uh, the leachate collection system with the bin as well so you can collect the liquid uh, runoff which is a natural part of composting and you can use that as a liquid fertilizer just water it down and use it as a fertilizer on your tomato plants or your roses as you see fit also the, the hotter temperatures allow you to compost things you wouldn't normally cold compost so cooked food waste or meat fish um, small little chicken bones or chicken carcasses things like that um, also you can put compost um, pet waste as well um, with hotter temperatures and even your perennial weeds and things like that weed seeds oh really and they don't germinate in the following year exactly so the hotter temperatures are enough to sterilize and, and cook off the weed seeds so they don't germinate when you use the, the final compost oh wow that is a, a very big selling point because there's nothing more annoying than getting weed seeds in your compost and having to spend a lifetime trying to get rid of the seeds when you should have just cut them out exactly exactly but this this is where the temperature is really important that you should you need to be composting between 40 and 60 degrees to um to kill the weeds and seeds off um and how we do this is by we say you put regular waste in at least twice a week because if you put in regular waste if you just put it in once your temperature is going to get up get up to 40 to 60 degrees and then it'll drop but if you put in regular waste in you're maintaining that temperature so uh, this is how um, you can put the things in like weeds and seeds and cook food waste so it's quite a simple uh, way of composting as well and i am not uh, a a great gardener and uh, I've been working with the hot bin now and it's just putting things in regular uh -huh. and every time you put something in there's another two little things what you need to do is you need to balance out your moisture by putting shredded paper chopped up cardboard the cut the middles of toilet rolls kitchen towels but that's recycling again and also every time you put it in you need to put half again of um, of shredded paper type of cardboard but also a fifth of woody material with every uh, amount you put in i tend to put five kilos in um at the beginning of the week and five kilos at the end of the week but uh you i match that with a fifth of woody material so then every layer gets air can go through can come through the layers and and that's when you don't have to turn it you just mix that layer in with the combination of half again shredded paper chopped up cardboard and a fifth of woody material and that enables it to compost uh, very quickly oh fantastic so it's it's very similar to a well-managed compost bin there's no real differences in how you use yours except it's a lot faster yeah exactly. that's right now um you say it's possible to create compost in 30 days. Is that in ideal conditions or is that pretty standard? I suppose ideal conditions will, will help. Um, oh. But as long as you're kind of following the user guide um, and you've read the instructions, that it, it's pretty straightforward um, to do. 
you might find it slightly difficult, more difficult to get up to temperature in the winter months, um, but it does come with a, a handy sort of hot water bottle that you can use. You can just fill that with boiling water and it'll leave that in there then for 24 hours and it'll kick start the heat and get your bacteria up to temperature. And then once you've got the bacteria going, and then it's relatively straightforward to maintain the temperature no matter sort of what time of the year that you're, you're starting your bin. Right, so this works on the bacteria breaking down the, uh, the waste materials as opposed to worms. Yes. yes. Although worms, we will find worms in the system anyway, but I think that eggs must be in the garden waste that you add in. So I've never physically added worms to my hot bin composter, but I always find them in there in the sort of lower maturing layers of the compost heap and when I'm digging out the compost. Right, fantastic, fantastic. And you mentioned a leachate that comes off. Is this similar to the sort of uh, liquid material I get from my wormery? Um, I've not had a great experience with that, but um, I'm, I'm sure it's similar. It might be slightly more watery and, and not as thick as the material you get from a wormery, but it, I'm sure it has the same sort of nutritional value to it now for the listener at home let's just um, have a look at the physical or describe how it physically looks the, i believe it's like a rectangular tower is probably the way I've, yeah. I've seen them and on the top you've got a lid that you'll see pouring all the material and on the bottom there's a door to get the material out is that yeah. how, the right way to describe it yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's the standard, the same as a standard wheelie bin sort of size. So the the, the Mark II bin is about 1.1 meters uh, high by about 550 mil um, front to back and uh, in the depth. Um, and then the smaller version, same height, but is about um, 100 mil shorter um, front to back and left to right. Um, but yeah, like you say, a hinged lid at the top so it gives you easy access to uh, throw in all your compostables and then the removable um, hatch on the front lower part of the bin. Um, large hatch where you can easily get in um, to dig out um, your compost. Um, a lot of people have previously reported, you know, with a Dalek bin you only have a very small sort of hatch at the bottom that makes it difficult to access your finished compost. Yes, that's actually something I've noticed with my dialects. It does get quite difficult to get the material out to the point I'm sticking in my spade and catching in the side. Exactly. Now, when I mentioned to a listener that I was going to be chatting to you guys, he said to me that he always thought the hot bin ran on electricity. That's not true, is it? Um, no, it's it's not. Um, a lot of people do think that because we're, we're sort of saying temperatures between 40 Celsius and 60 Celsius. 60 Celsius is like a, a hot radiator in your house, so it really is generating some serious heat. And I think a lot of people think, how can it get up to that temperature um, without some sort of external sort of power source? But it all is bacterial heat, and it's, it works on the same sort of principles as industrial-scale composting, where they have huge heaps, sort of like 10 metres square, that like self-insulate themselves. But the material and the insulation of the bin is just doing that insulation for you so you can get up to the same sorts of temperatures on a much smaller scale and you can do it at home quite easily. 
And I guess the idea when we're using this is to keep constantly potting it in the top and taking it out from the bottom, similar to the sort of Dalek setup. But this is going to be a lot faster and a lot better material that comes out. Exactly. So you, you more, the more you feed it, the, the, the better heat generation you'll get. And at events we attend, like the, the flower shows and the RHS flower shows, I always ask people, you know, how are you getting your bin so hot? Um, what are you doing? And they always just say, I just throw everything in it. Um, and that that is one of the, sort of the best sort of principles. Don't don't wait for the temperature to drop. Just keep adding to it as and when you have fresh material and, and the heat will stay up and the bin will keep working efficiently for you all year round. Great, great. Now, um, I'm judging with conversations I've had with uh, you guys at various events and shows you all your people that work for you seem to be using them or most of them do as well and you've had a lot of success stories in your office using these yep um we do offer to our staff um a discount on these and we have had a, a big take up especially since we've launched the the mini bin which is a um, a smaller bin the uh, Mark II is 200 litres, quite a medium garden with four to five people in the household. But since we launched and we won the Products of the Year at Chelsea on the mini bin, we're um, targeting people who've got patio gardens or very small gardens, one or two people in the household. So, yeah, it, this year has really taken off with um, sales internally as well as external. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, if somebody out there does want to buy one, where do they find you guys? Uh, well, okay. we're at, uh, I was just going to say we're online, so you can find us at um, www.hotbincomposting.com. Um, and we've also got a number of social media channels as well, so you can find us um, active on those, be it Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Um, but also we do um, a number of the RHS, the Royal Horticultural Society, um, exhibitions. So we're at Chelsea, Hampton, and Chatsworth this year. So um, by all means, do come and see us, and uh, we can talk you through the bin. Um, and... Uh, Thing, it's, it's virtues um, but it really is you know a really efficient like low scale I- ideal for um, most households be it one to two people with a, a small garden or a larger larger family so um, you've got the two size options there now so it's, it's down to you whichever you think um, might best suit um, your your family and and your um, size of garden and space available uh, we do have um, online as well a lot of online customers who are selling the bins as well. So it isn't just from our website, it's from our customers' websites as well. Um, and they're on Amazon as well as uh, eBay and uh, all the normal sites, websites. So if you do Google Hotbin, you will find more people selling them, not just ourselves. Fantastic. Well, I'll add all links to that in the show notes for this episode. But thank you so much for joining me today and talking about your product. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank Thank you. Well, what do you think of the hot bin composter after hearing that? It's certainly making me think that it might be a very viable option to have at home. On the allotment, I don't think it's going to be right because of the fact it's going to cost a fair bit of money and the risk of it being stolen is too high. But certainly at home in my garden, I do think that is going to be a really good 
option. But what do you think? Let me know in the comments on the blog post at theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk where you also find links to the hot bin composting website and Amazon links should that be of any interest to you as well. Well, I'm going to wrap up for this week. So thank you very much for joining me. Please take care and I'll see you all again next time. <laughs>